This is Power Athlete Radio. With your hosts, Denny Kaye, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. There it is. What's happening, Power Athlete Nation? Welcome to episode 46. It's going to be a good one. We got Tex, Cali, Luke, and Playtech. What's happening? What is up? Hey, What's up, Danny? How y'all hey, doing? Guys. Can we redo that oh. intro and say CrossFit football certified coach Steve Playtech? <laughs> So the take-home message from that is if you hold out long enough, they'll bring the certification to your home gym, and then you'll get certified. That was a one-time deal, and I told you that in confidence, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, the seminar was awesome. Um, anybody listening, like, if you haven't done it, you have to do it because it's, it's worth its weight in gold. Um, just like knowledge bomb, knowledge bomb, knowledge bomb, and hard work. I was sore. I'm still a little sore in spots I didn't really know that I had, so um, it was really good. And Tex and Callie were our coaches, and they were awesome. Um, so, yeah, it was great. Did you take them out on the town, show them how much you appreciated their <laughs> hard work? I did. I did. I, yeah. I, you know, actually, I brought them to, uh, like, a neighboring town, really happening place. I think there was, like, one bar and a gas station. Um, nice. No, I took them out for a... Uh, a pretty decent grass-fed ribeye and a little, like, micro-brew place, and, you know, so it was pretty good. I don't know. What do you think, Tex? It was decent, right? Oh, yeah. It was great food. Uh, grass-fed chili, too. It was uh, it was interesting, just that one-horse town, and the horse left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I, I, I concur. The dinner was very good. I had, what did I have? Pork cheeks? That's something I've never had before. <laughs> Extremely rare. Really, really good. And I actually ordered it rare, so that was interesting. Now, Tex, did they serve your chili hot? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they did. So I, I have a new tagline. That, oh, God. Uh, it's got uh, the Cali Hinsman stamp of approval, if you're ready. It does. <laughs> so I, John, John called out my, you know, warm-up talk with the, the get your chili hot to get people moving, get get the old boxers warm up. And it wasn't satisfactory, so I tried a new line this weekend. It was get your muscles moist with lactate. No, oh no 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 that's not the one. That was that it. is not no, that is not the fucking one I said that you could use. <laughs> there was a different tagline that you used and it, was it about certainly stress. Yeah, it was. Oh, well, that, that's a whole different conversation. The That's a strength and conditioning one-liner. You have to stress to progress. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that one I that, like. That came out of nowhere, but... but the yeah, way, the other the, thing the is, like... The lactate one was money. Ugh, that's R-rated. <laughs> that is disgusting. It's fucking gross. But it worked. Did it? Did it. All right, I, you use it. Put it, put it in the manual. Stamp it, seal it, reprint it, distribute it. No. Throw it away. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> You're hired. Uh, okay, let's. Should we get on with the show? Nah. Absolutely. Well, just to <laughs> kind of 
cap off, I mean, the the rest of that weekend. I mean, Tex, when you got home, you had, you had an interesting situation, yeah? Uh, yeah, so uh, I get home late, probably about 11 p.m. I go to sleep. I got to be up at 4.30 to go to RAF and finish up about six hours later and come home for a lunch break. And my roommate, her sisters are here going through photo albums, and they break the news to me that she had passed away on Sunday morning. So I only get an hour break before I have to be back on the clock, and it was kind of a surreal moment. I really didn't know how to take it, and then I had to go yell at some high schoolers. So it, was, it took a while to sink in. I texted Callie and Luke, and they didn't believe me. It was uh, interesting to go back coach right after that. So yeah, were you were you close to her? Uh, well, I, I've known her for a month that I've been living here, and you know. How well do you know her? Uh, we we spoke daily. Okay. But like, did you share meals? Like, like did you pillow guys talk? Share... Uh, well, the Atlanta Hensman. That's a heart. You talk about R-rated. Well, there you go, Callie. No, it, <laughs> yeah. the Olympics. The Olympics were on, you know, so that was kind of our, our opportunity to just bullshit under, uh, on the couch, not on the pillow, and uh, just get to know that I just met on Craigslist, so. Wow, Craig, that is the, one of the more, Kelly, please, composure. She's crying. She's she's crying, not of laughter. Uh, well, that's bummer text, obviously, but uh, you still have a place to live, right? Yeah. So I'm staying, staying here. We worked that out. All right, nice. Listen, we all die. I'm not laughing because of a death. I'm just laughing because... Of life. Of, of laughter and love and happiness. <laughs> Anywho. 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 That's awesome. Yeah, that's, so that's, awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Honestly, if it's it, every weekend, if it's not text having some sort of massive hiccup with travel, yeah, or it's a death. Uh, yeah, it's a you know landlord death or something. But uh, we call him the angel of death around here. Well, I just think he's a drama queen. Yeah, he's <laughs> com always complaining. <laughs> always talking too much and full of drama. Dang, Tex, you take a beating, huh? <laughs> Uh, I don't know what you're saying, Steve, but yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, so we're how we can how we can tie this back into something productive is I still had to go on and I I'm in charge of a high school down here, so it's uh, it's Northeast High School in St. Petersburg, Florida, just to drive across the bridge, and so I had to go and yell at all these high schoolers. Um, it's very interesting because I had to write those high school articles and I talked about productive strength and conditioning. And meeting with these guys, we literally had to unlock and reorganize their weight room because it hadn't been used in four years. So these guys are the worst movers in the history of athletics. And if you look at their squad, the middle school across the street could beat them. So we talk about kind of training athletes, linear progression. I cannot put them on a linear progression because they will, they will get hurt and possibly die. Hence the name. <laughs> Um, we talked about training diverse athletes kind of with skills, uh, abilities, and that's these guys. And I'm finding it's a challenge now dealing with different levels of motivation. You know, kind of uh, a poorer high school, and they, they don't want to be there. 
every time I kind of walk into the track to get them warmed up, they're like, ah, shit, he's back. They're back. So it's uh, it's kind of an interesting thing. And then, like, I didn't have time to bask in this uh, this loss, I guess, and think about it. It's I got to be on point. I got to yell at some kids and make sure they're actually executing this shit properly because, you know, they went one and nine last year. I can't imagine how bad the team they beat is. So coaching, yeah. coaching under chaos and still being effective. Nice. The next article to write. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, talking with Raf and um, just state dependent learning. We're we're going all the, down these rabbit holes and coaching in chaos is going to be it's going to be one of them. But I got to build up to it. Yeah. There's no shortage of it. No, no. All right. So, well. For the record, we have we have record viewers 15, right now. Fifteen. Fifteen. Oh, usually, everybody's excited for the premium shit. Well, yes. Levi's usually one of them, so we might as well call it sixteen. Yeah. For those who don't know, Levi's acting in. as our production assistant right now for the podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> but uh, what, what's next? What do we got? We got the premium shizzy. Field strong. Well, Fucking you guys tell me. Pencils and professional programming. The forums are up. Dogs it's and cats an living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, we gotta go with freaking the premium stuff. Okay, so what do you want to talk about? How awesome it is. Yeah, how, how that's how awesome. Strong is like. Remember when? Oh, man, Remember? I mean, it's like CrossFit football part two. You know. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know if you if you guys have been combing the forums, but I when. John posted an analogy for a guy who is c confused at what what the difference is, and uh, and dude, it definitely resonates with me. Um, you know, he he equated CrossFit football to your fridge. It has the essentials. It gets you know, it keeps you alive. It get you uh, you get to utilize exactly what you need. So just like you know, you have your eggs, your milk, you got your gr uh, ground beef in there, and probably some hot sauce or barbecue sauce or mustard, depending on who you are, right? But then you go home, you go to your mom's fridge, and she's got everything. She's got all the knickknacks you would never buy. She has all the essentials that you would, you have in your fridge, and then she also has some pretty sweet leftovers. So it's like that's exactly what Field Strong is. And people have been contacting us over email and, and private message and every every way you could imagine saying, hey, is this program right for me? What's the difference? And uh, I guess here's our stance on this. Like CrossFit football is still an amazing amazing program that's out there for free. If you understand how to fill the gaps that we have talked about over the past 56 seminars in the past four years or whatever it's been, and uh, you've attended a seminar and you know how to fill those gaps, then you're set. Go for it. But, uh, you know, I guess what, what you get out of Field Strong is really a virtual coach in the sense that for those who haven't gone on and checked out the Field Strong, the first, po or the first workout, John writes this thing like he's writing it for his athlete. It's not a group of athletes, right? Now, you're going to get some guidance. You're going to understand what the what the purpose of a given movement is. You're going to get a warm-up. You're going to get a warm-up that's conducive to the day's training. And, uh, you know, one thing John's always said is, like, hey, if you're trying to get in really great shape or you're trying to really improve your performance, you can't just do it a half hour a day or 40 minutes a day. So there is a significant time commitment to this, but it can be broken up throughout the day. So each training session is going to be 
90 minutes to two hours perhaps, depending on how quickly you attack it. If you go fast, you could probably get it done under 90 minutes. But um, Mondays you know, took me about about two hours. Yeah, you know, and that was cool. I, I made the time for that, and he and he lays it out there, and it um, like the narratives that it, it gives you like this real personal personal feeling, you know, like he's John speaking directly towards you. This is what I want. This is what you should feel like. This is what your goals should be. Mm -hmm. It's uh, and uh, you know, I was able to have it on my phone and just kind of go through there. The video, the demos came up, no problem. It's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, in, in regards to your phone, uh, it, the site is not, just simply is not optimized for mobile use yet, and that is definitely an enhancement in the pipeline, and it's going to come one of two ways. We're still we're still kind of fielding bids on how exactly it'll look, but it's either going to be a mobile app, which uh, is a lot of development, or much like how CrossFit Football is, we're just going to optimize the website for mobile use and uh, and utilize just the website and I think it's going to be a combination of both because there's certain functionality that a website just can't handle like push notifications and uh, you know being able to get like a pop-up on your home screen when a workout is posted or when John posts something in a forum or uh, when a new recipe comes out or when a new chapter of Power Athlete Academy manual comes out you know like there's certain releases we want to push directly to you and some mm -hmm. people prefer like that push notification interaction um, you know, over email, which we could do as well. But uh, so there's a lot of development in the pipeline. But the biggest thing right now is um, the software we used touted and marketed seamless integration with PayPal and users with PayPal accounts, and that just hasn't been the case. And uh, so the support side of it, there's three different software providers that are doing what I used to call the Navistar salute, which is like they're all pointing that it's not their software. So right now it's nobody's fault. We're trying to diagnose what the heck the problem is. Um, so thanks to everybody who signed up and was patient, you know, it sometimes it took maybe 20, 30, 40 minutes to get you a registration link and uh, apologize for that, but we're going to get this thing ironed out over the next week or so. Uh, it's my personal mission. Yeah, but, there's, uh, always, there's always bugs to, to work, work out. And uh, if anything like that, if you see something quirky or something's not working right and you can access the forums, post it under the help forum uh, under member support. And uh, if you can't <laughs> even access the site, which we've had some users report, uh, email me, luke at powerathletehq, and I'll be on the scene. But uh, while I'm behind the scenes pulling levers there, Callie, Tex, and John, uh, are, and uh, Ingo, Denny, and Steve, you know, they're helping moderate and keep the content sorted out and, and guide users. So I'm excited, man. We're, we're almost at the 300 mark for members, and we haven't even marketed it yet. We've just pushed it out to our users on CrossFit Football. First week. Yeah, and, Not uh, even. and we haven't gone through really any marketing channels other than that and haven't pushed it. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm really excited about that. This thing's going to blow up, and, uh, and, and there's so much more so much more to come. So I'm glad I'm glad people are loving the program. I mean, people are saying like they're making me question our price points. Maybe we should have been like two hundred dollars a month. Yeah. yeah. Too late now, you know? No, I'm just uh it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be critical mass. You know, it's gonna be great. You think the forums are being utilized um the way you guys kind of envisioned it already? No. Or and I say that because, like, the one guy who asked about um, a movement sub, you know, yeah. and you're like, hey, you know, direct that question over to this area so we can kind of start organizing 
the information? You know, do you you feel uh, like positive already? Mm, so far? Yes. I mean, short answer, yes. And really, it's just a new environment to a lot of people. I mean, if sure. people have been following CrossFit football or Outlaw or Invictus or what else is there? CrossFit There's nothing or else. everything, you know, what do they say? Post the comments. And that's where the discussion takes place. Um, what I, you know, what we would like to do is start cataloging, indexing, and compiling all these questions that, you know, Ingo refers to it as Groundhog Day, you know, so people can be like, oh, shit, I don't have a GHD. I'm going to search the forums real quick for GHD. Well, and the, yeah. other the other component, too, is that, like, the interaction on the CrossFit football site is pretty one-dimensional. And what we offer on the Power Athlete HQ site now with membership is all of the interaction is, is integrated. So you can see, it's just like a, any sort of social media site. You can see people's activities. You can see the questions that they're asking in what forums. You can, um, you can, you can post pictures and videos and things like that. And uh, so it's a lot more involved. So it has a lot more capability to it. And that's the part that I like. So in terms of interaction and uh, kind of bantering or asking questions, I'm, I've been on the Power Athlete HQ site um, trying to utilize it for all those things because I think ultimately that's what that's what's going to drive people to it from posting on the football site. <clears throat> yeah. So, but as I mean, to, to all the users out there, and you know, you guys too on the radio, if if something if something pops up or doesn't look work right, like don't hesitate to bring it to to our attention. Like the biggest thing. Uh, that's my biggest pet peeve is something not working right, and uh, and by no means do I ever am I ever like uh, frustrated by issues or complaints of functionality, like for sure. And uh, and understand too, like I'm on the move, and a lot of us are on the move, so sometimes we'll we're gonna trying to get back to you and respond as fast as possible because that's what we've committed to, and that's what you guys deserve for the paid membership. So don't confuse brevity. Or being an asshole. Does that make sense, Callie? Am I yeah. saying that right? Yeah. Like if we're like, hey, hey, post that to post to the forums. It's not like trying to be a dick. Mm -hmm. It's very brief because odds are, like, I'm in between flipping an Sorry. omelet or something. You know what I mean? So, uh, so <laughs> right. Don't be a baby about it. Right. Yeah. Emails so, are, are like real impersonal. Text messages are like you don't see any emotion in them, so it's easy to mistake yeah, a don't... short, quick response for being a dick, and that's not yeah, the point. Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. But awesome. uh, no, I'm, awesome. I can't tell you how excited I am that this thing's actually coming, things coming together. But uh, yeah, what else, Denny? What else you want to know about that membership? I want to know like uh, what the Big Monkey program would kind of uh, and like to feel strong. You could already get a good sense of direction. I mean, Big Monkey is going to be something similar. Uh, that's like the the functional of, fitness program. I mean, is the idea to have the same kind of like narratives and the demos, and or is it going to be real more personal? Um, uh, are you going to need more data like from me? You know, am I no. going to have to send video to you or John of like what my squat looks like, what my deadlift looks like? You know, is it going to be a lot more on my end to present this info to you? Mm -hmm. As well, a, well, you right know, now, I'm you... saying that like in the third person, like somebody who's on a professional uh, program. Right, right. So this is um, so in terms of field strong. Field strong is not 
I guess, is partially proof of concept, okay, in terms of this is a, a programming delivery format that I had envisioned uh, for years. And, like, I thought this was the next wave where people need – this is what people need. You hear the term scratch the itch day in and day out. People – I mean, you could tell from the comments on, in CrossFit Football what people needed or wanted, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, in terms of how practical it is in terms of resources, we're still evaluating that because we're only four days into the program, right? So we got to see – uh, 30, 60 days out, if this format, which will stick for Field Strong, because that is what Field Strong is, is how Big Monkey is going to work, or if Big Monkey will be more of like a rather than daily program, weekly type of programming, right? With the same type of concept, yeah. but on a weekly basis. And uh, you know, this is just something I'm honestly have been been chewing on and haven't talked to John about. John knows the nuts and bolts. John knows. Uh, John knows what the volume is going to be. John knows what the the movements are going to be. He knows what it's going to be over a given microcycle. You know, he, that's what he knows. But in terms of the delivery, that's where I come in, and I'm trying to figure out what's going to be the most advantageous for all parties, right? Where, cause, you know, John is uh, extremely gifted in his ability to program. I mean, it's un without it's unquestioned. But the problem is, he's also the the head of our organization and needs to be working on the business. He can't be working in the business. So, uh, you know, I, I can't have him programming eight hours a day. I just can't or else we're going to go nowhere, you know? Right. But uh, that is his passion and he loves it and he, you know, if he would do it in a second, but right now he, you know, I'm trying to, I'm all, I'm kind of pimping him out, as he says, by putting him out there for everybody, but this is what people want and need. Uh, but he also has to be able to spend a day and go work with potential sponsors for our events. You know, he's got to be able to work with some of our equipment partnerships, and he's got to be able to get out there and network and campaign and, and build Power Athlete into what it can be, which is, you know, a big a, a big company, you know? World um, domination. Yeah, yeah, and he's got to get out there on seminars for CrossFit football, too. I mean, like, CrossFit football is not going away, you know? It's just Power Athlete is growing up, right? And CrossFit football has grown into the, the entity that it is, and it will stay there, which, again, is like, a super great seminar. I mean, Steve, you went this weekend. It's amazing. Callie and I are going to, to save 20 other souls in Arizona this weekend. <laughs> you know, it's something that we are passionate about. Like, we, we still love the program. And, uh, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, it's just one slice. It's one approach to this power athlete method. And, and there's so much other opportunity out there and other markets to tap into as well, you know? Yeah. So it's it's that uh, kind of the business balanced with passion, balanced with hobby type deal. Like we're trying to just figure out what it's going to look like. So, Denny, I, I, I know I talked a lot about that, but the short no, answer is in terms of in terms of delivery, I'm not sure what Big Monkey looks like. But in terms of in terms of what a follower of Big Monkey will get, it will be a training response geared towards competitive fitness competitions. Mm -hmm. Like the CrossFit Open, like uh, like your local Throwdown, like what else, whatever else there is, like that's that's who the audience is geared towards because there's a market for that and uh, and we know how to we know how to program that, mm -hmm. you know. And people who can take a bit more volume. Yeah, and it's it's not going to be for everyone. Just like Field Strong isn't for everyone. Some people could implode. Yeah, and it's it, whether and it might be physiological or it might be just gen generic resources. Like I don't have enough time. I don't, yeah. have, the, I don't have the equipment. Like, if you don't have a set of rings in your garage, then you're not going to be able to do muscle-ups, mm -hmm. right? Um, right. 
You know right. what I mean? So, like, so why would you want to do Big Monkey, right? It's going to be for somebody like the serious. Right, and and you're going to need. You'll probably need an airdyne. You'll probably need a rower. Uh, you know, you're going to need these components because uh, when it comes down to training the CrossFit athlete, you know, and Tex is about to pop off his other article on this. We know there's athletes uh, that need to improve their ability to perform in this fatigue state referred to as like this lactic bathing, right? Or oxidative stress. Like there, you need to be able to do skilled movements through oxidative stress. And one of the fastest and most efficient ways we know how to stress the entire body is an airdyne. Like you do an airdyne sprint for 90 seconds and then you pop off and try and do 10 muscle ups. Game changer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then compare that though to a rower. Like it's still is it's still hard, but it's just different. You know? So um and if you look at the just the energy requirements for a rower, you have a you have this violent concentric rowing motion, right? And then yeah. you have a downtime, a down period of this eccentric unloaded, unstressed eccentric movement pattern into a concentric movement again. Whereas on an airdyne, there's always concentric and eccentric loading. You know what I mean? And it's uh, it's low impact. It's there's really no substitute for the airdyne, like uh, except for maybe. What was like? Isn't there like an arm bike you can get? It's called the hand bike. Yes. The hand bike. Mm-hmm. It they it usually has water as resistance built in. So that or get one of those. That sounds pretty rad. Hand bike. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. That's my. There's my. There's my bro session for the airdyne again. I tried yeah. to look for one of those on Craigslist, like Steve mentioned. Bro, he did. I got one for fifty bucks, and it's it's it has never been used. Never been used. <laughs> A $50 Airdyne competition bike. It's never been used. Not a scratch on it. You know, Freddie uh, Freddy Camacho said that Sportmart, and I'm, this was fucking a year ago, but Sportmart has some assault bike or air bike uh, deals. Like every 90 days, he said, they'd pop off for like 200 bucks, brand new. And uh, you can get a $50 gift card from Sportmart for... Uh, I don't know, like uh, buying it with their credit card or something. Like, so if you're desperate and want a, a polished new air bike, sport bar might be the way to go. But whatever, get a fucking airdyne, just do it. Man, you know what we need? One. We need to get sponsored by airdyne or assault bike, and then would you just hand them out to all of our viewers like the Price Is Right? Yeah. Levi, make that happen. Uh, <laughs> it's in the process. All right. Um, <laughs> or give everyone or uh. On like the Power Athlete Team Series or something, like you did with the Prowler. Listen, don't tell us how to do our job, Denny. Jesus, <laughs> that is about to pull your hair out. Work with you, I no, know. you're so I'm pushy. I'm Denny, offering advice. So pushy. So pushy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so <right>. what else? <laughs> let's go with uh, let's go with Callie's accessory article she wrote. Yeah. What do you want to know? <laughs> was there anything in that article that you didn't that you wanted to say that you just couldn't say? You know what I mean? Like when you write those things, it's hey, easy I, to put I a shitload of data, you know, info out there, and then all of a sudden you got pages and pages and pages. But if you got to start editing it, you know, sometimes <laughs> certain points or that you wanted to make, you kind of put on the back burner for another time. Now's that time. Well, <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm not just gonna go ahead and give away all of our our secrets. secrets. Well, we, I, uh, 
I'm not trying to ask that. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so here's the real. Here's what Callie originally wrote: is she loves a shake weight. It's her number one accessory tool. I don't know if you can see if that's me in the picture. <laughs> Uh, But anyway, yeah, so I started writing the article, and uh, John and I had talked about doing a little, just something really small in accessory work, something really kind of easy to tackle, maybe a conversation between the two of us. So what we started was with uh, a little background on accessory work, how for some strange reason people have these... uh, emotional ties to accessory work like people love their favorite things to do whether or not it's pertinent to their training or it's optimal is uh, is sort of a whole nother conversation but uh, but it's just interesting I like I like that kind of aspect to accessory work and then um, and then we kind of went on to chit chat about John's favorite accessory work or what he finds to be the most optimal for certain movements and lifts things that are going to help Sure, different weaknesses. So the way the article goes is if, if you have um, membership, then you get that access to the rest of the article, which is essentially like my interview with John about those things. But um, but everything beforehand is just talking about why accessory work, uh, when when utilized very early in something like the amateur progression, could could potentially uh, inhibit gains very early on. When we take a much more simple approach and we feel that just loading the system, putting a heavy barbell on your back, getting through these, uh, you know, those uh, compound primal movement patterns is going to be the best way to uh, start that inter-intra-muscular coordination and then hypertrophy. So until those those are kind of tapped out, um, you know, you don't need to necessarily make it super complicated, and I think that's a a lot of what happens, and I'm sure you guys have had experiences with that. Um, people tend to latch on to things that are sexy, and why not? Like the shake weight. I mean, who wouldn't want to throw that in their training? Um, you know, with between, <laughs> betwixt some bicep curls, just get like a really good pump going on. No pun intended, but. Hey. Hey. <laughs> the shake weight. Yep. Come on. But there, but there is a lot of accessory work out there that you can find on other sites, and you know, um, they're they're popularized on like T Nation and. Uh, definitely Westside, a huge part of their training, but we're talking about people who have really, really maximized their genetic potential. And I know, Steve, you don't love that term, but we use it kind of loosely to just talk about people who are at the highest level of training, essentially, in their life. And so they absolutely need that to avoid accommodation. And uh, for athletes that are, you know, uh, in their couple first couple years of training, it's, it's actually not entirely necessary unless you are maybe coming off of an injury or you have some sort of a really, really um, uh, deficit in some sort of uh, movement. Yeah, I mean, it makes total sense. If you want to get good and strong, do the lifts. Um, and then once you reach that, like you said, that, that limit, add in some stuff that will help you tweak it. it makes total sense. Word. What, uh, why don't you like that term, Steve? Well, because it's hard to quantify, I think, is why he doesn't like the term. Because there's so many variables that uh, you can throw out there that really, how can you really quantify someone's genetic potential when it could be any other, it could be any factor that's um, inhibiting someone from, sure, lifestyle. quote, unquote, yeah, Life, lifestyle, sleep, humidity. <laughs> humidity. Fuck you. Um, but it could be other psychological things that impact and interact with gene expression so things just like daily stress right Um, having kids right Um, 
John on one episode talked about having like uh, instead of love handles, dad handles, right? Those sorts of things. So um, that's just, I mean, I think genetic potential is a, it's a fine term, um, but we know that we can alter gene expression through things like optimizing diet and de-stressing and sleeping and stuff like that. So, I, but I don't think that's what we're talking about. Like everything dialed in. I think we're yeah. talking right, about like right. we're, we're talking about like training, training time and training age and you know, like you talk about the guys at Westside. I mean they are there tapped out and they probably got a lot of things dialed in but they probably have some of that other stuff too that you know under under like the old Bulgarian days is like sleep lift sleep lift they didn't even know if it was day or night they were I think maxed mm-hmm. yeah I think they were probably cycling in some cocaine and late nights as well <laughs> there were celebrities and, uh, and just, just, just for the record Luke um, the next time you ask me a question uh, I'll just have Callie answer for me sorry <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't. I was asking In if general. you could see us. I was talking to Callie. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That's legit. All right. What's next? <laughs> Any questions from the live audience yet? Oh we yeah. We yeah. record numbers here. Um, Holy shit! We have twenty-four people. Whoa. Get out of here. Oh I mean, my god. Don't act so surprised. Oh, we have uh, we have 24. Act like you act like you've been there. Does that uh, number include Ribble us? too? Jake Ribble right. emailed in, so we're gonna have to get to his submission. Alright, Devin uh Devin Kittle wants to know if Jay Well John is Jay Welly a public name? I don't think he've ever uh, used that. Well Jay Welly is John's <laughs> code name at Power Athlete <laughs> HQ. And uh, but he wants to know if he's going to be at New York, uh, the New York City cert. And I think John is planning on traveling. Um, what is the date of that, Kelly? Do you know? Uh, April, nah. April twentieth, around there. Uh, all right, April twenty-sixth and twenty-seventh. I know I'm not available. Uh, I hate New York. And I think I think <laughs> we're going to have that's going to be like thirty plus. So I think it's going to either be uh, it's going to be we'll huge. But I'm, I'm pretty sure John wants to travel to that one because I know he's got some friends out there. But um, who cares? You should be yes. asking if Callie or Tex are going to be traveling to the seminar. That's that. I'm going to answer your question with another question. <laughs> Why do you care? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, John's. It's, uh, you can you can't guarantee he's gonna be at any one seminar. Yeah, because the reason being is, I mean, you want to talk about a chaotic life. I mean, the guy has so many so many irons in the fire, and uh, it just depends which ones you know which ones the hottest on that weekend. But um, he's got I, he's got to see a man about a horse this weekend. So. Yeah, and what uh, what I can assure you is, uh, you know, there is the John Wellborn experience, which is you know we are fortunate enough. To to live with day in and day out, but uh, at the seminar, it's it's it is a different seminar because you get uh, in the sense that you get to hear some stories from John and in his first person from his perspective about uh, you know his experience and his learning experience for a given topic where uh, you know Callie, Tex, and I we we've done the research, we've implemented it, and uh, you know it's just a different background. So it's and uh, plus John's a good storyteller, he's a good time. But I would say, um, you know, I've been to both as an attendee, and I wouldn't say that one is better than the other, to be honest with you. And I'm not just saying that because now I, you know, I don't want you to not come to the seminar because of that. <laughs> but uh, but really, they're two totally different experiences, and there are benefits to having in there, and then there are benefits to uh, having some seasoned seminar staff people who have run these things and you know, aren't just there to tell stories. So they're Yeah, it's a good time. 
Either way, you're going to get it's going to be amazing. This and the same content is always covered, and everybody walks away with an understanding of the warm ups. Everybody walks away with an understanding of uh, of the programming. So we always have, I mean, we always have that requirement that in terms of deliverables and kind of mission statements. So we're all always on the same page with that. But uh, nice. You know, and then sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to test out new lines, like get your muscles moist with lactate. Ew. Is that what it was, Tex? That was exactly it, and there's also stress to progress is my new one. <laughs> um, let's see. I got another question here. You guys ready? Yeah. Uh, all right, Marat. I'm, dude, I'm sorry. I'm totally not even going to try. But Marat asks, uh, at the gym uh, where he coaches, we program Wendler 531 for their gen pop. Uh, everyone's getting strong, but we have a lot of new people. I feel like putting them on a CrossFit football amateurish program is the way to go. Others disagree because of logistics. Thoughts? Um, Why? Because there's two lifts? Uh, yeah, I guess I'd have to know what the logistical uh, restrictions are. Perhaps it is two lifts because two lifts is going to be more time, more time consuming. But if you go, I mean, you don't have to follow the program to a T. You know, you just have two days of squatting. It's a five-day program, right? Two days of squatting, press, alternate pulls, bench. Um, you know, I guess at the end of the day, either is going to work. I mean, we know the 5-3-1 works in its set of parameters. You will get stronger. Um, you know, I'm curious if he's also incorporating, like, a CrossFit-style uh, conditioning workout with that, or if he's just doing kind of the quote unquote accessory lifts or mm -hmm. accessory work afterwards, because mm -hmm. even that's an hour that's an hour training session, isn't it? I'd imagine he's doing a metcon of some kind. Is is he still logged in? Can we uh, get him to type in some of their arguments against it real quick? Damn it, Marat. Yeah, damn it, Marat. Let's see. We need um, more. I, yeah. We need more information. I think he, uh, you know, they they're on like a thirty or forty second delay. But uh, let me send them a message. So someone talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, so I mean, uh, when we implemented the CrossFit football program at Balboa, uh, the biggest logistical problem that you run into is, is time. And so it does eventually get to a point where if you have an hour with a class, you have to put some of the responsibility on the class to, we warm them up, but uh, oftentimes the DWOD will get them set up or the sprinting, um, we might have to stagger. For instance, uh, if it is a like, worst-case scenario, sometimes we'll have the ladies sprint first if the sprint was not intended to be first. Um, so certain things just to kind of keep uh, the gym moving, keep the turf um, you know, not so crowded. So uh, I guess if it is a time issue, eventually, like I said, he'll just have to get to the point where maybe he can get uh, the DWOD started but not necessarily manage it. I mean... It's, it's a tough call, you know. Ideally, you have two coaches, and uh, I don't know what his resources are like, but um, but we know, you know, some of the pitfalls with Wendler 531. I'm interested to see how... Uh, I'm, uh, we know that, you know, a lot of things work for amateur athletes, but I'm interested to see how many reps they're getting at their 1-plus, you know. What's that looking like? Is it looking like 9 reps, or is it looking like 1 or 2 reps, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, we've all said gyms have success and say it's a squat strength day and it's squat and press together. They just put a heavy press into the DWOD. 
-hmm. So lots of different ways to tack it to kind of make the most of your time with your athletes. Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, in terms of in terms of products, that's in the pipeline is kind of a, how to implement strength into your, your gym pop gym. And there's a lot of barriers to that, one being time and logistics, and the second are the people you just want to kick in the nuts so hard who are like, I don't want to get bulky. You're like, motherfucker, dude, all I do is try to get bulky and I can't do it. Like, if you get bulky by not trying, you can kindly leave. Um so there's like the social aspect to it and then the logistical aspect to it. But um, Marat hasn't got back to us yet. You know, um, I guess what we can anticipate is logistics is going to be time. It's just simply going to be time. If it's equipment or space, that doesn't make sense if he's already doing 531. Um, so the best way to do it is make it a five-day program. Uh, just make sure you're squatting twice a week, 30 total working reps for the amateur increasing uh, weight week over week, and have a reset protocol. And uh, just ride it out for how long do we have CrossFit football going? Uh, since uh, before the first of the year, right? I don't remember. So, like, I think it was like November. So, like four or five months. Yeah. Yeah, we're four or five months in, and I don't think anyone, everyone is still they're on the final edge mm -hmm. of the amateur progression. It's starting to get hard, really. And, hard. Uh, and we we had them intention as trained athletes intentionally start extremely light. Uh, we had them strip belts off. We had them strip off uh, other equipment that they're using so we can start to strengthen the system. And they were all really good sports about it, but we're about four months in, and we're really trying to ride it out, again, to give you people, and we're testing and giving some some parameters on what is the optimal length for this uh, amateur progression. But just be patient with it. As long as people are, are really, they can wrap their head around uh, the small gains being small victories, and there's going to be failure in the pipeline. And the only way to get better is to overload and then reset. You know, just be sure that you're educating your your clients. So, I guess there's that's my response to that. Uh, should we keep barreling forward with these questions? Well, you uh, here, go ahead. Uh, he he actually just responded here. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is squat, deadlift, and press, followed by metcon. Oh, that's their strength implementation now. So dynamic pulls in a Metcon? I'm not sure. Uh, we Here we go. We do one lift a day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, with only the other days. I say new people shouldn't go off percentages because their training age is zero. And with seven coaches, it's hard for <laughs> Too many chefs in the kitchen, for sure. Uh, so he says, um, you know, they do a lift a day, uh, Wednesday and Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then they have only lifter, or they're only lifting the other days. So, and I'm guessing that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's your, it's your gen pop as well. And I'm not going to say, like, it doesn't matter, because you want to provide a, a training system and a strength template that is going to be optimal and drive accelerated adaptation just out of your... I guess responsibility as a coach. You but should, it's all relative, yeah. Yeah, if, uh, you know, you need a chief. You need a chief in that uh, in that that tribe, and I don't know who that person's going to be, but you just got to make a decision and stick to it. Um, I agree that percentages don't work, and I don't think they work for trained athletes either in a broad statement or a broad sense. Um, you know, we've told this story before uh, regarding if you were to have Ben and I work up to a 1RM and then drop down 
10% do max reps, what would the desired training stimulus be of that? You should know. Why did you pick 90%? How many reps do you want Ben or Luke to get? And it should be, you should have an idea of what they're going to get. The problem is if Ben and I do that, I'm going to get two or three reps. Ben's going to get seven or nine reps. Now you've trained two athletes with the same percentage and you've elicited two distinctly different stimuluses. Two stimuli. different people. Uh, so 90% doesn't work. You can't just say 90%. For me, maybe it's got to be 87, 85. And then for Ben, it's going to be 90. If your objective is to get seven to nine reps on that drop set, is that so? Um, I agree with you on the percentages don't work. Uh, I th we're biased, but yeah, obviously CrossFit football amateur progression is the only way to approach your weightlifting class in, <laughs> in uh, CrossFit. But uh, and what what you got to do is get your trainers all on board, and uh, you know you, it may be like pushing a boulder uphill every day, but welcome you know welcome to fucking the tough life. You can we have to campaign campaign? Can we send him this the uh, CrossFit football seminar schedule? Get his coaches on board. Yeah, there you go. Just send your coaches to our cert, and then we'll brainwash them. That's really what it's all about. We actually just brainwash, brainwash you. It's don't like, say, uh, don't say brainwash. Say educate. Oh, we educate, just like Zoolander was educated by Mugatu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kill the prime minister. Orange. I think Clockwork Orange, freaking, like those toothpicks in the eyelids to keep them open, yeah. so you just freaking take in that info. Classic. Yeah. What's, what's the next inqu inquiry? Do we have a do we have an email submission? We do. Yeah, we, we do. Got, we got Jake Gribble. Let's hear it. Thanks for the great podcast. I have a question for you. I'm a SWAT cop, and I have a set of fitness standards for myself. I've compiled them from various sources, like CrossFit Seattle's Skills Standard and Mark Ripito's material. I'd like to add something that tests agility or change of direction, but I haven't found any good benchmark tests with performance standards. Any thoughts on something I can do in the gym or on a field or basketball court? And what would a good par score be? And then he goes on to give us some, you know, like his times and um, some of his numbers, but uh, I think there you go. A five ten five or four cone drill would be awesome. I think anything and everything they use to kind of test football players or field sport athletes. I mean, Google has plenty of stuff. I mean, where did he check? What were his resources checking for change of direction? That's my question. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Maybe that's Seattle skills standards. I mean, do you do you know what that is? I don't know what that is. Or CrossFit Seattle. Apparently, that box has like. Some sort of, I mean, I've seen like Tommy Hackenbrook has like his his set of standards of what like the you know the typical CrossFit male athlete should do. You know, he should have an overhead squat at this number. He should be able to clean and jerk. You know, three hundred pounds. He should but, he should that. Jake, I don't know if that's what this CrossFit Seattle skill standards is. Well, Jake's Jake's is a SWAT cop. So if he meets that standard, will he be satisfied? I think he should do a 5-10-5, an L drill, or any kind of change of direction, time himself, and then he should aim to improve himself and not set, uh, say he's good by that standard. Yeah, what's he given us? He's given us some of his sprint times, a uh, standing long jump, and like some, some front squat, and 
some kettlebell work. He just says body weight, so yeah. I don't know what that means. I mean, I know like, what that means, but... Um, would it make more sense to have, like, a set of skill standards more, like, conducive to his to his job? Obviously, you got the, the short sprints, because, I mean, most SWAT, or when I think of, like, you know, cops chasing down somebody or whatever, it's, it's going to be a short sprint. They're not going to run five miles after somebody. It's going to be 200 meters or less. Maybe. Right. You're hauling all that gear. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's a 100-meter run when he's loaded up in all of his SWAT gear. SWAT gear. A 5-10-5 when he's loaded up with his vest and things like that. So, I mean, there he you should go. concern himself with, are his 5-10-5s close to Reggie Bush's? It should <laughs> be, this is my 5-10-5. I'm Jake Gribble. And how much did I improve over a month, two months, and three months to get better for as a squat cop? Right. <clears throat> what does a typical squat or SWAT cop like? You know, when they're called into these situations, there's got you know, is there any kind of like uh, anything in common? You know, does every situation have? Is there a certain like standard procedure you should go through in a certain amount of time with all your gear to get set up for? whatever situation or is, you know... Yeah, I mean, I think those are all good questions, and I, I can't answer that, but in my mind, when I watch movies, <laughs> like, like, like the first... Yeah, like the first <laughs> scene of Speed, you know, they're basically just banging down doors and, uh, and you know, doing scary stuff do within this. within a house. Um, <laughs> let's, let's pocket this. Denny, pocket this. Freddie. We're, we're going to get Freddie on, because Freddie's, yeah. Freddie's SWAT. Yeah. I wonder if I could have Freddie call in. Not right now. We're not going to risk it. <laughs> We're <laughs> 10 minutes in. All right. Uh, yeah, pocket that. We're going to get Freddie on to address Jake's question. For the short term, I think Texas right. Maybe have like a, a geared and maybe ungeared 5105 or like a four-cone deal or something like that. I mean, those are better than the nothing that he has listed right now for agility. So do something, you know. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of comparing himself to kind of some exactly. Gym in He's never met that coach. It's it should be comparing himself to himself. Yeah, and, and that's stuff. it's arbitrary. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Do we have another um, inquiry from Yeah, we do. The interwebs. All right. So here's uh, let's see. Uh. Yeah, guys, do you have any views on... Okay, here's one. So, Murray. Guys, do you have any views on how to manage general training fatigue for Masters athletes? I have some world and national champion outriggers I train. We are about 16 weeks into the amateur program and are feeling <laughs> feeling the pinch. Uh, extra rec stays slash deload. Okay. Um, I wonder if he's. You think he's doing metcons? I bet he probably is doing at least a couple a week. I bet he is. So what 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 typically drives that quote unquote pinch? Assuming your sleep and nutrition and outside practices are going to be as good as they can get. I guess first layer, first order of business, sleep ten hours a night, no questions asked. But uh, no, get as much sleep as you can. Sleep in perfect dark. Uh, eat uh, roots, tubers, bulbs, meat, veggies. Um, fats per the power athlete recommendations and uh, 
and take care of yourself, post-workout stretching, adequate warm-up, if you're not doing that already. Now, once that's all done, you're going to have to find a way to reduce volume. Now, understanding that on yeah. the amateur template, we're adding volume and intensity uh, essentially week after week, you're going to hit that tipping point. And, uh, you know, that's when... Uh, this is Masters athlete, so that's over 40. Yeah, I think it's like at least over 40. Even it's higher, 50. 45, 50. For uh, if if the if that's just too much volume, then it's time to go into more of a collegiate mindset. I think Murray's been to the cert, but you're just going to balance your volume intensity, and you might not even hit your five by fives. You're going to keep it at a three by five, and then a five RM in terms of your volume intensity splits. Because it's the volume that ultimately is going to be, uh, I the guess, the hardest thing to come back. Though. Yeah, is is keeping you down. So that would be, uh, in terms of extra rest days, maybe maybe if it gets to that. But I would first start by one, improving warm up and cool down habits. Uh, would two, you suggest that like during his week, if they're if they're in serious in season training, that they should avoid the DWOGs yeah. altogether? Yeah, yeah. Two first order first way to reduce. The volume is DWOD. Yeah, just cut the DWOD, obviously on training days, like, uh, outrigger training days. So, like, if they're, and especially, like, if they're doing Saturdays, then first stop the Saturday. Oh, yeah. Then after Saturdays, then stop Tuesday and Friday or whatever works logistically for you. But either way, cut it back another two days and see if that does it. But ultimately, the objective is to continue progression through the SWAD. The SWAD is your benchmark, uh, and just keep barreling through that. Text anything? Texas gone. Oh uh, no, I was on. I was on mute. Uh, the strength is is going to be key, and uh, just start to regulate that as your numbers. And I mean, if you have access to kind of uh, to blood work, I mean, the older athletes, so I know they got doctors, but uh, any kind of util utilization like that. I also have a strength deficit article coming out, so that may be a tool that you can apply to these to these athletes. Just putting it that out. Um, and then we have Airdyna Sprints, <laughs> Suck from Jason Liu, uh, AJ Belch, is there anything you would change going into off-season practices? For example, spring football practices, the focus of the practice is different than in-season, so will the strength training change as well? Hmm. Um, so, the amateur, no. Right. Um, but the collegiate, I, since we deal with that in mostly like a daily matrix style, what you'll find is you, I think just ultimately you'll be able to hit harder in that off-season training, coming in and um, just essentially hitting those 5RMs or hitting your 5x5s heavier than you were in-season. But, again, that's, that's as you come in. How are you feeling? Are you recovered? And just out of virtue of being off-season, you're going to have better recovery. Age group as well. Let's assume yeah. they're high schoolers. Uh, they should be fine, to be honest yeah. with you. So the practices are going to be more kind of skill acquisition, walk through, implement your offense, defense, and evaluation for on-field performance. So what you don't want to do is do something in the weight room that's going to take away from that athlete's performance because starters are decided kind of in spring football, that's when the whole the coaches kind of take their notes and then they go into the season, the fall planning based off those spring practices. So do not take do anything that's going to hurt kind of their on-field performance. Even with spring ball, it's a lighter volume and more skills, but you don't want to kick their ass in the weight room and then send them out to the field to suck. 
there you have it. Anything else? Anyone? Um, Hello. No, I don't think so. I was going to jump in on that master's question and just, um, but you guys, um, you nailed it. Just volume and metcons. I know that when I'm smoked, if I knock off like a metcon or I do like some kind of isometric work instead or something, I feel money the next day. And another um, thing to another thing, another thing to consider on that is like, remember, the, people tend to approach a program or a recommendation or an implementation like it's a fucking tattoo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're like, well, I'm giving up Saturdays. All right. Well, you, I mean, maybe the strength training is low volume that week if you're following the site, and you should fucking plow through a Saturday and see what happens, and then maybe you feel good the next week. You know what I mean? Like. It's all incumbent. Uh, well, we we're making the assumption that people can make like kind of semi-intelligent decisions based on like what other training they're doing and um, <laughs> knowing their body and knowing at least a little bit about the program and where to cut back and what the essentials are. You know. So, but uh, good good addition there, Mr. Playtech. Steve, <clears throat> you know what I've been doing is. Kind of like at the end of my workouts is my like quote unquote cool down or something. It's just like a nice low intensity row, maybe 750 meters, something like you know four or five minutes to do it. And uh, the next day, man, I just feel freaking money, just like ready to go. I don't know if yeah. that has anything to do with it, but I certainly have noticed some kind of a difference since I've been doing it. Okay, so most of that sounded like R2-D2. But, oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I agree. Uh, that and eating. Um, since I've cut out coffee, it's been like, I don't know, 10 or 11 days, not that I'm counting every minute, but um, I've been eating like crazy, and I've been feeling really good too. So just other things too that can help, like you guys mentioned, diet and stuff, dial in your diet. Um, or just think about your diet. I think a lot of times um, when you're an older athlete, like Denny and I, we have kids and stuff, you uh, you get away like just grabbing something quick because you got to take the kid to school or pick them up or what have you, and then you're not really dialed in or you eat the wrong times. And um, I know that's happened to me a ton of times, Denny, and I'm sure it's happened to you. And it affects your Absolutely. performance the next day. I mean, I know the kids in the gym, they can drink chocolate milk and eat donuts all day, and they perform 100% day after day, but they're they're 20 years old. Um, right. So for those of us that are a little older, those things really have that the magnitude of effect is going to be increased as age increases, but it's not a linear magnitude. I think it's more of a like a half exponential uh, increase. Yeah, point when I my diet isn't the greatest, or only got maybe one meal in, or on like say we have a Saturday morning class. If I get up and like don't even eat that first meal, yeah. And go and coach a class and stuff, and sometimes like the trainers want to stick around and like do our own thing. It's like, man, I, you know, I suck. I'll I'll go through it, and uh, I feel like I'm even more behind the eight ball. And like the whole rest of the day, I'm trying to play like catch up as yeah. far as like eating and getting those calories in, and it fucks with you, man. Yeah. The, the other thing I might I might mention too is. Being, uh, I think, I don't know if it was Cal or somebody said be smart about, or maybe it was text, be smart about your training. I know that if I feel like I'm going to go, uh, if I'm not going to give all my effort in a workout, I will either um, maybe not do that workout that day 
or just do the strength or change it to like sometimes I come in the gym at like noon and I just don't feel it. I go home, I eat, maybe like do some of my real job work, come back at six and I can crush it. But I try to maximize the workout for when I'm feeling it because I feel like if I work out when I'm tired and stressed out from work and the kids and stuff like that, it beats me down so much more than when my mindset and my sort of adrenaline or my adrenals and my stress system is actually in a state ready for that assault on my body. For sure. Yeah, Steve's and right. You know, I always think of like that, uh, I think it was a Talk To Me Johnny post or something where John said like, you know, on the days you feel beat down and run this shit, you should still like go into the gym because it could be the day that you PR. Yeah. And every now and then, I mean, you know, that's happened. But yeah, you know, it happens few and far between as you get older, though. Exactly. More, yeah. what more likely is going to happen is you're just going to be beat the shit and be yeah. lousy through your training, and then feel like more shit afterwards because you had a shitty workout. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's not only listening to the way your body feels; it's also listening to the performance. Yeah. So kind of what John was kind of referencing with that was even though he was feeling bad, he's still going to go in and attempt his training, and then he was going to, you know, put those numbers and go for the ones, and his performance gets the ones. But, I mean, there's training days, too, where you're feeling fucking great. You go in, uh, but then all of a sudden your performance just sucks. You hit that wall, and, yeah, you may be feeling great, but, you know, your your body is not firing. Yeah, I think you're right. I think... Uh... It is listening to performance. That's what I've really learned over the past year um, is just listening to performance. If, if numbers are going down, then you're going in the wrong direction. So recovery is the only way you can get back from that. At least that's sort of my take on it. Excellent. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Dude, we have, hey, cheering. guys, we got Bye. We've got time for maybe like two more questions that we're going to barrel forward through. Um, our buddy Chad Hamilton down in OKC is asking, uh, he, so he's out of Coda CrossFit, and they got a pretty legitimate uh, CrossFit Games team down there, and we had a cert down there, and their guys are are definitely big monkeys. I mean, they, they do a lot of high-motor stuff, and, uh, and they also offer the other end of it, which is the CrossFit football class. So they have a really cool and uh, diverse dynamic over in that gym, and they do a great job down there. But uh, he's saying, we're foaming at the mouth uh, for the introduction of Big Monkey. I already know that Bryce is going to try to breed it with his OPT competition whiteboard. Any chance local athletes can be sponsored under Big Monkey slash Power Athlete. And uh, Bryce is their director of training over there. He's a super smart dude, and he's insane. He just looks like a crazy person. And uh, I have a feeling he's like he gets even more insane during his, his workouts. But um, in response to that, uh, we are piloting that sponsorship program literally as of this morning. We finalized it, right? Yeah. So we are going to have our first Power Athlete sponsored, uh, I guess you could say, competition team and so like Luke said we're piloting that and it's going to be based off of like the big monkey style programming um, that is falls within that power athlete methodology and yours truly there's a rigorous <laughs> application process and there's only two so far lucky people who have passed the, the application process and it's me and Callie <laughs> we both reviewed each other's application and we passed and we passed 
But the other two people are uh, from D.C., and they are uh, the first competition is going to be the Mid-Atlantic Affiliate Challenge. And so Luke and I are flying out for that, and we're going to be following the training. They're going to be following the training. They're going to be sponsored by Power Athlete. And we're going to see where this goes when they follow the training post-competition as well mm-hmm. and uh, and just just see the success that's that's possible. Yeah, so this is our, I guess, you know, I'm big on this, this whole proof of concept methodology where, you know, you implement it ad hoc, uh, kind of offline, and then see how it all works out. And what's, I'm, I'm pretty insistent on being a part of that whole process so I can see it kind of, where the pieces fall from the ground up. So I'm, I'm not a, the most thrilled about being a CrossFit athlete again for the next four or five weeks, but uh, I think it's a great opportunity because, I mean, just the fact that Chad's asking this and a lot of the people we meet at the seminar and some of the feedback we've got on the Big Monkey concept, I mean, I th- that's where it's got to go. You know, there's an opportunity there, and uh, we want to get we want to get out there. We want to get our brand out there, and, uh, you know, we're again, we're capable of building that athlete uh, that is the competitive CrossFit athlete or fitness competition athlete, however you want to generalize it. But um, so there could be opportunity, but it's all based off of the experience that we we go through here. See if it if it's a legitimate opportunity. Yeah, hopefully. Interestingly but, enough, you know who did not make it? Tex. Tex. Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to make it. I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> It's not his his jam. It's a different jelly. It's a different jelly. My jam is a different jelly. (laughs) You didn't do uh, 14-1? Oh, I I did did. 14-1. I did. did. Just because you felt obligated to? I think I beat Luke, though. Whoa, whoa, what'd you get? 295. I got 10 rounds. (laughs) I redid it. I I beat all of you. Yeah, Callie redid it, but it had a great coach. (laughs) <laughs> Callie, what was your score? 345. Ah, oh, you whore. Jeez. I, got right? yeah. I got 303, Tex. Suck oh. it. You put, how many Suck times it. you do it? How many times you do it? I just did it every day until I got 303. <laughs> how do you do it? How do you do it? <laughs> uh, I did it at lunch day one of the cert. Well, that was your first and only attempt? Yes. Well, that's impressive. It was pretty good, though. Questionable. But eh, I won't get into it. I've incurred trauma. I have severe oh. trauma that's inhibiting my overhead movement. Texas roommate just died. Okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, so, Chad, there's there's a deal on that. Uh, right now, it literally is just dust in the air. Uh, we're gonna see how it settles, and but just definitely keep your eyes peeled. And I know you'll be in touch. So we w- I I would love to in my mind in the future be able to we'd be able to sponsor people who follow the Big Monkey program and have them represent. Our methodology. I mean, just personally, I think it would be so validating for us as a training system mm-hmm. because we have plenty of athletes whose sport is not CrossFit. But I think that this Big Monkey program has the potential to really, really, um, you know, show what we can do, and, and also show that we 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 keep athletes safe too in our methodology. So uh, I think it's a smart mm-hmm. a smart program, which is what it's all about: longevity in the sport. Hopefully. <laughs> I thought performance does not equal longevity. No, I'm talking about within your ability to compete a couple times a year. Within a two-day competition. Within a, yeah, within a two-day, like, don't implode yeah. in two days. 
And well, sustainable training methodology as well. You know, training is training. Because competition is competition. Yeah, because your training is the movement patterns in your competition for CrossFit. So it's a, there is a little bit of a difference there. So it's the the exact same stuff all the time. What are you, Tex? What are you, the shoe police? What? <laughs> but uh, I'm just playing devil's advocate over here. No, no, it's yeah, it's valid point, dude. And it's okay. just knowing it's knowing how to balance and testing days versus training days versus competition days, and it's all the same to some people, but you can't do right. it that way. And that's what the you know the program's gonna be all about. Uh, one more question here from Brian B. Uh, Brian was part of our test group on uh, for our power athlete launch, and uh, as part of that, he we did a little test movement critique of him. He he posted his squat and asked for some advice under the professionals forum. You get uh, you know we'll give you a video breakdown of your your whatever movement you need coaching on, and uh, there are some cues that we gave him. One of which uh, for sure was widening his stance. Um, so. What he's asking is, hey, man, I've made the changes. I feel more stable. I'm ready to rock, but I feel weak, uh, which I translate as the weight feels heavy. <laughs> and the weight's always going to feel heavy, but absolutely, if you change the way you're approaching your lift, uh, you're going to just have to take some time to reset, rebuild, and re-strengthen that movement pattern because ultimately this movement pattern you haven't been utilizing for your squats. It's worth it, though. Yeah, but it's definitely worth it, and it's scalable and uh, in the sense that I would anticipate that you are going to break through your any plateaus that you've been having, but it may just take some time to drive some adaptation. So keep to it, Brian. Be patient, um, and and keep up with the cues that we gave you. Uh, and then that is it on our end. Sweet, cool. That puts us at about an hour and fifteen minutes. Good talk. Good well, talk. Good talk. Now, now what do you guys want to do? <laughs> I want to go eat. Well, eat Luke and I are going to be in Ch Chandler, Arizona this weekend. If anybody has, uh, if anyone's in that area, you can still sign up for the cert. We're going to take the van down there. If you're lucky, maybe we'll just scoop you up and tell you to get in the van. And get the fucking van. Get in the fucking van. Um, should be a good cert. Already have about 20 people signed up. Um, and then where are we after that? Uh, then it's St. Patrick's Day. I'll be in Puerto Rico. And then nice. Then uh, Chi Town, right? And yeah, and then Naperville. 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 So it's gonna be me and Carl Naperville. Denny, you gonna go? Yeah, you gonna absolutely, man. You gonna need some help on the platforms? Oh absolutely. my god! Were you, you just gonna show up and not even ask? Well, Neil already invited me. What? Neil does not have the authority. <laughs> I'm so sad. I'm missing Denny and the Unk. Yeah, we're gonna, and then we'll have a, we'll do a lantern lunch. Then we'll have dinner at the lantern. <laughs> There's no such we'll thing as a, at the as a lantern lunch. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, absolutely. Uh, come on out, help help with the platforms, help on the warm ups, um, and then uh, I don't know, we'll hang out, we'll get some time. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, CrossFit Naperville is always a good good place to stop and kick some, yeah, spill some coffee on Neil's uh, expensive. Carpet in the in the office there, <laughs> dude. Every time, every time there's been like three spills on that that grimy ass fucking carpet. <laughs> but Nothing, uh, like right away in the morning, those guys walk in like with their Starbucks coffee or whatever. Neil's puts his down, which and let's face it, I mean that was kind of a bad spot to put it, right? 
Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Luke, help me out. Luke's up there lecturing. I'm kind of standing there, and I go to turn the corner and, like, totally kicked his full coffee, like, all over that carpet. The carpet asked for it. Classy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah that's good. first coffee in the morning is the most crucial. I'm sure that's what you missed, Steve. Uh, no. That coffee and cigarette? I have... <laughs> yeah, the coffee too. Actually, I don't miss it at all. Went cold turkey, and I'm like feeling better than ever. Wow. What about the taste of coffee? Like, I love the taste, even like I, decaf. I I, I do I like love the it. taste, and I have I have had like a half a cup of decaf just when I've had like a craving for the taste. But other than that, I've been um, just just water and the occasional glass of milk. See, I uh, I I did a, like successfully cold turkey gave up coffee uh, a month or so ago and was inundated with tweets and emails of articles from like Lalonde and Rob Wolf and uh, other shit like that from John about how not drinking coffee will fucking kill you. It's how many hours did you give it up for? Uh, 30 minutes. 30 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like I, I stopped drinking coffee for... None of those people care about my well-being like they do about yours. <laughs> I gave it up for like two weeks, no problem. And then John's like, just start fucking drinking coffee. I can't handle this anymore. Like, okay, you're the boss. If, like, if that's what I have to fucking do. He's I having sympathy cravings. But I'll tell you what, we got that coffee machine in there now. Yeah. That thing is something else, isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty good. So John brought in a coffee machine or a coffee maker, and uh, poor Chelsea, she's got her own desk in the other room, and this... This fucking thing is like something a barista, even bigger than like a barista would use. But it's and it, good. it covers up like almost her entire desk. She's like, oh, what am I supposed to? I don't. Just drink your fucking coffee. And what do your she job. doesn't know is that her new job is making us coffee. Hint, <laughs> 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 hint. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> All right, is that it? Is that a wrap? That's it. That's a wrap. Awesome, good show. This one's a good right. one. I, I I can feel it. Twenty five viewers. Yeah, we crushed it. We have a podcasting assistant here, which makes us official, right, mm -hmm. Levi? Yeah, that's why it was so great. <laughs> Levi was the man. <laughs> and then uh, I guess next week, let's go for Wednesday. Sounds good. I like it. I'm out. All right. High school. All right, guys. I gotta run. All right. Bye. Yes. All right, See you guys. Good show. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Bye.